0: And welcome to the Black and White Podcast. I'm Denise Pass with my wonderful co-host Angela Donadio, and we are continuing the discussion of finding Christ in a religious world. Religion blocks us from finding Christ, but God's grace is greater. The scripture for this episode is taken from Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 9. Through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no
1: one can boast. Oh, I love that scripture, Denise, and it just reminds us that grace is the hero. Yay! I recently did a book signing at Barnes & Noble, and a woman got into an in-depth discussion with me at the table about religion. (laughs) And um, I was exercising grace, and she was (laughs) equating all religions as equal, um, you know, and that all paths lead to heaven, that kind of of, of a philosophy. And I said this in humility, you know, there's a difference between Christianity and other world religions, and it's this. Our world all world religions are based on a system of works or methods for man to find a way back to God Only Christianity is God making the way back to man. We mm. all need Jesus
0: I love how you put that So many times um, I know for myself I was you know a good girl and I tried to you know just do everything I could you know to please God or at least I thought I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but just that he would come. Yeah. That he would lay down his life for us. Grace wins. Yes. Though the world does not understand this grace that would meet the demands of God's perfect righteous laws on our behalf. He would set them and meet them. We can make something so simple, just to believe in Christ and the finished work on the cross. So very complicated. Christianity reveals the relationship that God wants to have with man, but we can often turn it back into religion. A list of do's and don'ts. You know, one thing I used to do um, in my early Christianity was this part of becoming religion again is, oh, I've got to dress really modestly, so I'd wear the gunny sack dress. Mm. And modesty's good. Yeah. But it can become True. a do again. Ultimately, the first step toward this grace is that we need to recognize that we are sinners, confess our sins, and repent. We need to admit our need of salvation. This follows the truth that we discussed in the last episode. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There is hope in seeing that we are sinners. We have to do something about our condition.
1: It's so true, Denise. I was thinking as you were saying that, sin is like understanding that we were all born with a terminal disease. Mm. And if we don't take the antidote, then we're going to die of that disease. Mm. So without receiving Christ as our Savior, that is the antidote to sin. It's not... Well, I am a good person, and someone else is a murderer, so they're a bad person. No, the Bible says we were all born into sin, so we're all born with a disease, yes. and Jesus is the cure. Yes. And you know, I grew up in—I was blessed to grow up in a Christian home. My parents were pastors, and um, I remember giving my life to the Lord really young, but unfortunately, I adopted a bit of like you were describing—a works-based. Righteousness, Mm. and I adopted this idea that God would love me more if I did more for Him. And I believe that really interfered with me having the intimacy of a relationship. Mm. Relationship and religion are not the same thing, right? And so, we can have a religion. But when anything can be a religion, mm. but um, as you were talking about in the last episode, whatever we worship is our religion. Exercise can be a religion for some people, mm. um, but relationship requires intimacy. It requires connection. It requires honesty. And so in 2001 and 2003, I went through really um, difficult seasons of health crisis, nearly lost my life. And it was through that, that God kind of stripped off that faulty lens that I was looking through Mm. and helped me to see that He loved me for me. And honestly, Denise, it's kind of like a, a, a BC before Christ, Angela, really started in 2001. And even though I grew up as a Christian, it wasn't the same type of relationship that I have with Christ now. And some of that has come through suffering and adversity. And I don't wish that on people, but... There are times we only see angles yes. of God's character through difficulty, and we become dependent on Him in ways that we might not have other ways. And so even though I had accepted Christ, I don't believe Denise. I was truly dependent on him. Mm. I was dependent on my own strengths or my intelligence or what I could do or my talent or whatever. And that season of being basically just, you know, the wind out knocked out from under me, God wanted me to learn that salvation means being totally dependent on the grace of God. And and that feels very scary because you're not in control anymore, but it's also very freeing because God is in mm. control. And that's truly the, the best way to live. I don't know how anyone can make it without Christ because we mm. all go through so many difficult things. Why would you want to go through it on your own strength? Right. Why not have Jesus who's fighting for you and saving you and rescuing you and his mercy is new every single morning. So now I live in that awareness in a very different way than I did Mm. even growing up as a Christian.
0: Well, you know, and and it was God's grace to you to have that suffering Mm. because it opened your eyes. And I think so many times people get mad at God because why doesn't he see, why doesn't he do something about this suffering? But it is that very suffering. It's God with us. Mm, That's right. That enables us during that time. You know, I recognized um, my need for grace and that I was a sinner back in uh, 1988. I was in college, and the year leading up to it, I'd actually gone through this initiation in college. It was a hazing. Um, I was in the marching band. And they made us all stand in this courtyard area, and they were above us. And they said, bow down and say, say, curly safes. That was the name of God, Curly. Hmm. And I was like, this is whack. (laughs) I was like, I wasn't a believer. I'm like, I'm not bowing down and saying Hmm. Curly saves. And then they say, say Curly shaves. And then they put shaving cream all over us. Goodness
1: gracious. Fire hose.
0: (laughs) But it kind of did something because walking through the building, we all, they were saying to us, sinners, sinners, sinners. Hmm. And you know, as a person who basically grew up, you know, going to church, you know, the crester, you know, Christmas and Easter and not mm-hmm. really knowing God. I was like, this is weird, sinners, you know, whatever. But it was that later that year that my alarm clock radio set to a secular station three mornings in a row switched to a Christian station. Mm. And the first two mornings, I was like, I'm not listening to this. (laughs) You know, what in the world? (laughs) And I'm like, how did it change? Because it was not like just, you know, one little number. It was a significant change in the Mm -hmm. radio dial. And the third morning, I just had this feeling, I need to listen. And in that moment, I heard about, you're going to hell. If you don't know, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as Mm -hmm. your Savior, you need to be born again. And I got on my knees and ask Christ to save me. But I also admitted, Lord, I I don't totally understand this. Can you Mm. open my eyes? I Mm. I don't get this, you know? And, you know, he also revealed to me, I remembered um, as a little girl having a nightmare that my whole family was in this accident and died, and we were at the judgment seat of Christ, and I was begging for a second chance. Mm. And in that dream, we all were brought back to life, and what was whispered in my heart was, second chance mm. is being born again. Mm-hmm. You know, you were born, and now you're born again. Wow. And uh, three years later, my, so sorry, it's a little bit longer a story, but my uh, oldest brother would be in a motorcycle accident on his Harley, flipped up in the air 20 feet, lay on the ground without a scratch, and he said he heard me praying for him to have a second chance. Mm. He never knew that, that story. dream. Wow. Yeah. He was born again right then. And so it was that seeing my need of salvation. Mm. And so maybe you're listening right now and you don't like the thought of being called a sinner. Mm. I hate to tell you. (laughs) We're all sinners. (laughs) You're in good company or bad company. Yeah, (laughs) But God is merciful if we admit our need.
1: Absolutely, Denise. And I was thinking about Nicodemus when you were talking about your story. Nicodemus was... um, you know, one of the religious leaders of the day when Jesus um, was here on Earth as a man, and you know he heard Jesus, and and then you have all of this rebellion and opposition that came out up, up through the Jews, through the Pharisees and Sadducees, and he was one of those people, but he was drawn to Christ, and so he met him in the middle of the night one night and had that conversation that you were just saying. You know, how can I be born again? I don't get this, mm. and. Jesus walked him through that, and Nicodemus became a believer. And so, you know, it it may seem like I don't understand it, but that's where faith comes in. We, We accept by faith that, like I said earlier, we were born as a sinner. We're separated from God. Sin separates us from God. The way back to God is through Jesus Christ. And the bridge that crosses that divide is the cross. And so Jesus came on the cross, died for our sins, rose again and now sits in heaven prays for us intercedes for us and he is the way to heaven the bible says no one comes to the father except through jesus so mm. you know it's a, it's actually a relief yes. that we don't have to just keep trying and trying and trying and being good enough No amount of works will ever make us good Mm -hmm. enough. And Jesus knows that. God knows that. That's why He gave His Son. He is the substitute for our sin. And if we accept that, like you're saying, we can be born again and have the second chance that we all need.
0: Amen. And, you know, seeing our depravity is a gift Mm -hmm. if we find grace. But like finding truth is made difficult with some stumbling blocks, so is finding grace made difficult with many obstacles. I lived 19 years thinking I was a good person, thinking I was a Christian. It was like a cultural Christian. This is one of the keys to finding grace. We need to dispense with false philosophies that propagate that man is essentially good. Humanism and the world system essentially label mankind as good. Romans three ten through 12 says, as it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. Mm. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one.
1: That's right, Denise. None of us can earn heaven on our own. And that relieves us of a terrible burden. Understanding sin is acknowledging that we were all born, like I said, with this terminal disease and without the cure We are destined to die in our sins. That is not what God wants for us.
0: Yes, you know, and as I was saying earlier, I grew up being called, actually, goody-two-shoes. Some people thought of that as a slam, but I reveled in it. (laughs) Mm. I liked being a good person, and yet this was a stumbling block, preventing me from seeing my need for salvation. Good works keeps us focused on our ability
1: to earn salvation
0: and keeps us from seeing our need of restoration.
1: Yes, Denise, and the cross is the leveling place. We all come to Jesus the same, a sinner in need of a Savior, a sinner saved by grace. Nothing else matters at the cross.
0: You know, as we think about Easter coming mm-hmm. up and, you know, the resurrection, yes. you know, no one else could die for us. Mm-hmm. You know, no one else could take our, be that substitutionary death for us. Christ alone is the one who could die and be raised again and pay for our sin debt one time. Mm. And you know, unbelief, though, can also blind our eyes. When I first prayed in my bedroom for salvation that day, almost 31 years ago now, Mm. I admitted that I did not believe. But I asked God to help my unbelief that morning. I finally faced the doubts I'd been having that kept me on a tightrope trying to call myself a Christian, and at the same time not believing there was really grace that could cover me. I was also not so sure I believed I needed that grace,
1: but God opened my eyes. You know, I find, Denise, that people fall into two categories. Either we think if we're a good enough person, that's enough, and we'll go to heaven, or We know we're not a good person, and we don't think we're ever going to be worthy of grace. Either of these philosophies is wrong, and they are the lies the enemy uses to keep us from the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So true.
0: I also think the hard times I went through and that you mentioned that you went through, they kept me bound in a works-based culture. I was afraid to trust God because He had allowed that suffering in. Was this what grace was? I think we don't trust the character of God and can often find ourselves running to idols or another means of manufactured grace because suffering blinds our eyes to real grace. But God's goodness is not based on anything that
1: happens in our lives. And God will use everything for our good and for His glory. The raw truth is that no one is too far for God's grace to reach them. The radical grace is that when we were enemies, God set His love on us. And the real hope is grace is undeserved, freely given, and greater than our sin. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast, where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth.